When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Taking you back to uh, the days of disco, John. Put on those dancing shoes. I remember those days of, wow, that, what were it, the 70s, the 80s? That's right. And remember, that was my year. I'd be out on the dance floor. I had the polyester waffle weave uh, shirt. Then I had the bell-bottom pants. We called them the marshmallow shoes. And I'd be like a whirling dervish for hours and hours and hours. But... Now, you have created a monster, John. I want you to know that George Santos is literally like Lenslice is everywhere now. He's talking himself into a political grave. And before you had the exclusive interview with him on the 5 o'clock roundtable discussion on Monday, he was a hermit. He was in hiding. He wasn't saying anything. Look at what you've done, John. The guy won't stop talking. He's like a male yenta. Anyway, do we have, uh, oh, yes, we have Vito Fasella on the line, borough president of Staten Island, regular guest on the 5 o'clock roundtable uh, discussion. Good morning, Vito. Good morning, Curtis. Good morning, John. Tell us what's going on in Staten Island. Well, today, John, I take a personal uh, liberty of wishing my wife, Mary Pat, a very happy birthday. So that's the big thing. we got a million people out. listening to the happy birthday wishes, Mary Pat. <laughs> So that's first. Um, but, you know, one, one of the things that we're trying to do is just get back on track. Uh, there was a story recently how so many people have fled New York City, New York State, and in, all it's done is quantify what we've already known, that a lot of folks, whether it was crime or the high tax rates or COVID or the combination of everything, basically decide just pick up and leave. Uh, they left from Staten Island, they left from Manhattan, they left from other parts of the states, and they went to more friendly, business-friendly uh, places, environments. And unfortunately, uh, they've taken a lot of the wealth with us. So there are a lot of folks who like to see people spend money across the board. Uh, you name it, they'll spend it. But without that money, uh, there's going to be a hit. So I think the goal in all of this is to try to make not only Staten Island more attractive to business owners and get, getting people to want to stay here, but frankly, all of New York City and all, all of New York State, because it becomes unsustainable at some point. Many months ago, John, you remember in Curtis, when the migrants uh, first came to New York City, they were welcomed on the buses and they were put up and everything was, was beautiful. And we said then that the, the the approach was unsustainable. It was going to cost $500 million, a billion dollars, and everybody laughed and joked. And and now in the last couple of weeks, uh, the chickens are coming home to roost, and in fact, that's what's happening. And likewise, these policies of just scaring and forcing people out of New York State for whatever reason is bad long-term strategy. We just got to get it back. So that, to me, is the big issue as we go well, into the new year. I, I think uh, your people are going to do a study, I understand, uh, yep. uh, to uh, how much money 
uh, New York State has lost from oh, this, the middle class moving out, a half a million middle class, and then moving in a half a million migrants that want to get paid. Yeah, as you know, you're the best business, smartest guy I know, John. The, the model doesn't work. It can work uh, with Band-Aids and, and scotch tape in the short term, but long term, it's a broken model. Uh, we, there are estimates that New York, about $21 billion has fled New York State. 300,000 or so filers have left. Uh, while some have gone, say, from Manhattan to Dutchess County or, or Westchester to escape probably crime and, and COVID, uh, others have just picked up and said, we're out of here. We're done because the, we're the enemy. You know, the business owners are the enemy. The taxpayers are the enemy. But we'll welcome everybody else with open arms and put them up in hotels. You may remember that we asked the independent budget office to do a study and to house and accommodate one of the migrant families is $93,000 a year, more than, almost $8,000 a month. How many people out there who are traveling to work an hour and a half, two hours a day, uh, both ways, for example, have mortgages of $8,000 a month. Not many that I'm aware of. Uh, so we just have to get right the ship. And what you do with ABC every day, John, is just get the truth out, common sense. And we have to be optimistic that we're going to we're going to win it back. And uh, I hope the good people out there who are listening uh, stand with us as we try maybe, to get the city to stand back. Maybe Tom DiNapoli will help because he's a common sense Democrat and he's got the numbers. Yeah, and, and that's all we're doing. We just put the numbers out there. We're not looking to, to to tell a narrative or a story. Frankly, we want the numbers to tell the narrative and the story. And we're going to be reaching out to anybody and everybody who can help us just put the numbers on a paper so ordinary common sense individuals can take a look and say, okay, well, how are we going to get the city and state back on track? Now, Borough President uh, Vito Fasella, Staten Island, you appeared with John last week on the 5 o'clock roundtable discussion, as you often do. You had a press conference conference in Staten Island with veterans uh, who live on Staten Island, and you talked about the fact how active military personnel cannot make ends meet, and yet we're providing the illegal aliens with all kinds of amenities, swag bags, Obama phones. How bad is it? Well, yeah, thank you, Curtis, for, for picking that up last week. I appreciate it. Yeah, it was one of these dichotomies that stares you right and smack in the face. Here we are, uh, not to be the dead horse, but we're, we're helping folks who've come here many illegally, putting them up in hotels and feeding them. And that's, I get it, you know, it's, I don't think it's a good policy. Meanwhile, you have active military personnel. In Staten Island, we have Fort Wadsworth. Um, Coast Guard is based there. You have Fort Hamilton. Army's based there. These young families, um, almost 200 of them, for example, can't afford basic necessities. So they have a food pantry on the base at Fort Wadsworth that collects, among other, you know, canned foods and dry goods. But they also, 45 infants need diapers and wipes. These young people can't even afford to buy them because their salaries are so low. So we sponsored a drive to encourage people to donate those things. So here you have people defending their lives for this country, can't afford diapers. And if you come across the border, we put you up in a hotel and we house you indefinitely. It doesn't make any sense. It It makes zero sense. Yep. Well, that's the policies that are in place. And that's what we try to do, John and Curtis. Uh, we try to highlight them and f- and encourage and, and get people to pay attention, hopefully, so that we can change the course, change the policies, and put common sense at the middle of the discussion, not, you know, in some draw on the, on the side. Well, I remember um, 
Borough President uh, Fasello, I think you were in city council at that time. When uh, the Democrats moved to remove the naval base at Stapleton in Staten Island, which was a great base, naval personnel would come in, all kinds of ships would come in. It provided uh, a layer of protection for our city because we're always target number one of the terrorists. And the Democrats told them, sorry, see you later, bye-bye. They basically kicked them out. Oh, well, they fought him tooth and nail. You know, that was the uh, when Ronald Reagan was first elected, he talked about expanding the Navy, uh, encouraging a buildup of our military. And one of the locations was in New York Harbor on Staten Island. So you're 100 percent right. And they fought uh, that effort from day one. And despite all that, they finally put one there only to be closed because they weren't welcomed. And ironically, here we are almost 40 years later. Uh, practically 30-something years later, it's still vacant. There's a portion of it's been developed, but most of it's vacant. And that's the attitude of get the military out of here, the people who want to defend their uh, their lives and defend our freedoms and support our liberties. They're the ones who are unwelcomed. They're the ones we want to push out. But there's a welcome mat for anybody around the world, regardless of who you are, to come here. And I get it. We're all immigrants. Vito, Vito, this is before AOC, the Democratic Socialists of America. I remember Guy Molinari and Tommy Manton of Queens, a Democrat and Republican, saying, no, we need the Navy to be here. And the other Democrats who have been in the majority here uh, in the Congress said, no, out you go. Get out of here. Imagine kicking the U.S. Navy out of the port of New York. Yeah, no, and, and that, that mentality, and it's, it's important to note, that mentality is stronger than ever right now of the, the military, the United States military is in a way the enemy. Just look look at all the rhetoric, right? The America's a, United States is a bad place. The United, Americans are bad people. Stanford talks about banning the word Americans because it's bad. Uh, meanwhile, you can go support whoever you want, welcome whoever you want, and, 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 afford, and afford to pay them every single day day for food and everything else. It just doesn't work. And that mentality is, is exists at local level of government, the state level of government, and the federal level of government, not to mention the international. So those same people approach decision-making in the same fundamental way, which is why I think that, you know, maybe the old expression, inflation is transitory. Is it still transitory? I'm just trying to figure that out. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are, this is the rhetoric, and these are the people, and we just need to change the discourse and change the focus and change, frankly, change our priorities to put the taxpayer first and not uh, dead last. Now, last thing is traveling Staten Island, as I often do, uh, I see the for sale signs are up. And I know that in conversations with some of the people late at night, the last thing they do before they go to bed, uh, before they say their prayers, is they go online to check to see what property is like in Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Texas, and Tennessee. How, as borough president, you and your other elected colleagues out there, do you try to stem the exodus uh, across the bridges and immediately going south? No, that's a very fair point. And we believe, you know, overall, listen, we've got a great country, great place. Staten Island's a great place to live, uh, to raise a family. The schools are good. Uh, the people are great. It's a very community-oriented, uh, neighborly place, uh, and, and we like that. It's a small town, frankly, in a big city, and the vast majority of things that happen are very good. You know, you've been here, Curtis, time and time again, great restaurants, great people, great stores, 
all that good stuff. We support our police. We want to keep crime down. We don't want the criminals to, to run the streets, and we do that privately and publicly. And that's the way you do it. You encourage people to say, yeah, that's where I want to be, and that's where I want to stay. We can't do much of what happens in other parts of the city, frankly. That's for others to decide. But in Staten Island, they need to know if they want to raise a family, they want a good school, they want a safe neighborhood, they'll have people who will publicly back them up. And we have to be optimistic that our best days are ahead, and I believe they are. Well, John, John put his best foot forward. Uh, he revived the uh, Staten Island Ferry Hawk Stadium, brought the independent minor league team in there, obviously, even though he lives in Manhattan. John, you're as uh, synonymous with Staten Island as anybody. I love Staten Island. Great people there, great middle-class people, and people love, you know, they, they, it's almost, Staten Island's almost a suburb of New York, and but great people, and, and uh, maybe uh, Vito will give us an update what's going on with the Ferris wheel, or what's, because they're you looking know, to develop that north uh, shore of Staten Island. And, th- and that's a good way to, to demonstrate, you know, money. So John's, as we said, a suit businessman. He's going to put his money where there's going to be a good return. And I think that should be tra- taught at every single level of rate, you know, what you get for your return. And the positive news is, as John has helped to revitalize the St. John's area downtown with the revived Ferry Stadium, I think it's going to have a great second season. You have many folks who are looking at the North Shore that has some of the best views uh, in the world. If you think of others, like whether it be Brooklyn or Hoboken or Jersey City, we have the same views of New York Harbor, of the skyline, of the Statue of Liberty. And I know people are looking there and want to develop, and there will be things happening. And the old wheel site that's been dormant for about a dozen years, I think is going to start moving in a different direction. Recently, we encouraged people to look at it potentially as a casino. Um, and we're, we want to attract capital. We want to attract business. We want to tell folks that Staten Island is a friendly place, not only, as I mentioned, to raise a family, but to open a business and create more good-paying jobs. Well, one last question. You're going to have to be Solomon-like with this. As uh, Pete Davidson has left his mother's home, and then he had his condo overlooking uh, the entire harbor area of New York on the North Shore. He's moved to Brooklyn He's no longer king of Staten Island. We have a fight going on here at WABC. I have Vinny Madugno, who teaches at Richmond High School, great entertainer, hosts his own program here five to six uh, on uh, Saturdays and Sundays, a great entertainment show. And then, of course, you have Staten Island's own Frank Morano. They both want to be christened the new king of Staten Island to replace Pete Davidson. What say you, King Solomon? Well, we fought the American Revolution in the 1700s to, to fight against the kings. So I don't believe in kings. But with that said, uh, the Davidsons, Amy is one of our dearest, if not dearest, friends. Uh, Peter and Casey are very dear to our family. So um, I'm not abdicating the throne just yet. So we want to see Peter do well, Casey do well, and let Vince and uh, Frank fight it out in the middle of New York Plain if they want. Most definitely. Well, do appreciate it. And thanks, uh, Vito Fasella, for being not only there to support the veterans, but most importantly, the active military personnel in New York. And Fort Wadsworth there, the Coast Guard, and obviously Fort Hamilton, who can't even on a normal salary in the United States military make ends meet, John. And we're taking care of illegal aliens. And $900 a night for hotel rooms. Oh. And, and Frank Silla. 
Frank Siller lives in uh, yep. Staten Island, too. Another great guy. Great patriot. <laughs> o- always He's one of the best. Thank you, folks. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Frito.